Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm totally excited to talk to Heather Graham, who's a USA Today and New York Times bestselling author. Welcome, Heather. Hi, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm I'm curious, do you feel like your writing style has changed much since you began? Do you know what? That is an interesting question, and I'm honestly not quite sure of the answer. I would probably... <laughs> Um, probably have to ask somebody who's reading things, but um, I I think one of the things that I'm, I, I don't know, some people say it's a bad thing, some people say it's a good thing, but I was one of those kids whose parents were just great readers. I read everything known to man, you know, uh, sci-fi, mystery, romance, you name it, history, a lot of history. My parents were Scottish and Irish immigrants who came over with a ton of books. And um, so I just, I fell in love with reading. And then when I started writing, I went in a lot of different directions. And I'm, um, you know, some people say that that's a very bad thing to do. You need to immediately brand yourself. Um, but um, I'm grateful to say I'm still standing, you know, doing <laughs> in the thriller line right now. But um, I, I, I love everything. So I, I feel I've been very lucky uh, to be able to write in many different genres. And I think that's all an, different. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an amazing thing because as a reader, I read all different kinds of genres. So I think for me to give a compliment, I think if you are able to write in different genres, that's a wonderful thing. Um, I do know that when you're starting out, yeah, it can be a little tricky. So you started with historical romance, is that correct? Well, I started with the very first thing I sold was a short horror story to Twilight Zone magazine. And then uh, I was very young, early 20s. And um, I, I, <laughs> I majored in theater in college and I was doing dinner theater in South Florida, which did not um, pay a great deal, <laughs> but I loved it. But when we had three of the five children, I literally couldn't afford to go to work anymore. So that was when I started writing and uh, I, Again, I'd read everything, but they came out with, at the time, uh, there are many more companies <laughs> back then than there are now. And Dell came out with a romantic line, which seemed more realistic to me. Um, okay. People could have been in love before, you know, they could have jobs, you know, they could have careers, you know, it seemed a great deal more realistic. And I um, sold my first book to Dell and it was a romance, a contemporary romance. And then- um, That's and this that's after horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say that the trick here was that I had really, again, I really loved history. And I had actually written a historical, but the contemporary line didn't want to see it. And then um, <clears throat> there was a woman who owned something called Romantic Times. And she came to Florida and there was an ad from an editor, Liza Dawson at Pinnacle Books, who was saying, she was looking for historicals with a voice similar to Heather Graham. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. so I did send them to her, but I did have to come up with a pseudonym. 
So. <laughs> oh, okay. I do know that you write under Shannon. Shannon Drake. And Shannon Drake came Shannon. from like a pseudonym. I need deep thought. And she said, well, you have about 60 seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> two of my sons, Shane and Derek, you know, came through the room. And so Shannon Drake came into being. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So your latest book, or at least one of your latest books, is Shadow of Death. Um, I enjoyed this. I love the fact that it sort of has a bit of a biblical title. Was that intentional or was that just something that happened? Well, the, there are four books in that series. Uh, Danger in Numbers, Crimson Summer, Shadow of Death, and I think the last one is Comes the Reaper. Something about the Reaper. I'm sorry, I just forgot my own title. Um, but <clears throat> they are based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But um, from the standpoint of, I don't know, when I was a little kid, my father said something to me that I absolutely love to this day, as he said, there's nothing wrong with most religions. What's wrong with religion is what men choose to do with it. So hmm. in this book, <laughs> people are manipulating uh, the uh, different aspects of the Bible to fit what they need for their their concept of what they're going to do. <laughs> so I I gonna give your dad props because he certainly was intelligent because that really is true. I mean I think most religions most are based on some type of love, yeah. and then it's how we use to torture other people or control them. That is something you did very well in this book. It was very oh, thank enjoyable. Thank you. Uh, can you give our readers a little bit of an idea of what death, uh, Shadow of Death is about? Well, it's the third in the series, and <clears throat> it features it features my home state, Florida. And um, it, it does move to different places. I believe Shadow of Death there in Colorado, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's where they they find uh, they find some some very sad situations of things that have gone on, but the the, the four books in the series concentrate on each of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So people are manipulating famine and disease and all kinds of things, you know, to make things to to twist them into thinking in a certain light. So um, I personally think it's a uh, kind of a comment on us because we mm -hmm. as human beings tend to believe what we wish and um, sometimes yes. facts matter and sometimes they don't, you know, depending on <laughs> how we want to see things. But um, I think too, uh, I still, you know, I believe in the majority of human beings as being good creatures. However, there are those who exist who are not. <laughs> so. <laughs> I totally agree. One thing that came up, um, one of the characters was described as being a good boy, good girl. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, with a cult type of situation, they do prey upon people who are a rule follower by and large. I can't imagine that if you were the leader of a cult, you're, you're looking to brainwash someone. And so you're yeah. looking for someone who's a rule follower because you don't want every rebel because you could never control a whole right. room full of rebels. And it was something I hadn't really thought of. You know, I think 
you, I thought back about Jim Jones and uh, the mm -hmm. other things that have gone on in my lifetime. And I thought, oh, well, these people are weak. And then I think maybe in some ways they are, but I suspect they were probably rule followers. They were good boys and good girls. Was that I something also you think that sometimes um, one of my characters uh, winds up in a situation that he has to get out of because his parents actually were very good people. Um, mom born to tremendous wealth and then seeing how it wasn't shared in any way. Um, and uh, therefore wanted something where life was more equal, you know, where, mm -hmm. where you could easily be talked into, yes, you know, the person living on the street, you know, with nothing and a broken leg needs some help. And uh, so it was attempting to see that things, you know, were evened out a little bit. So I don't, I mean, in that case, I guess you're right. You know, it could be rule followers or then sometimes, you know, you just, you see a situation and you're thinking it's wrong or it needs to be fixed or, you know, oh, look how good this is. I believe in this. Um, and then I, people do get out. Uh, even mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was watching a documentary on Jonestown recently. And the sad thing is a lot of people were trying to get out right when it went down. So yeah. people do begin to realize. So. And I think that a lot of times when you're in a situation like a cult, you're sort of into it a hundred percent. And so it's not like you have this unlimited bank account or ATM card where you just get out because. Right. Oh yeah. You, got, you gotta have the resources. Place. You have to find the way. Yeah. It can be very difficult. But I mean, I think you also get into things, um, you know, even thinking about today's Pearl Harbor Day. So, I mean, when getting into thinking about World War II, a lot of the Germans were very good people, but they're terrified. You get caught, you know, trying to help somebody or do something. You go to a concentration camp yourself. So Precisely. Yeah. And then we don't always learn because as a student in college, one of the first places I went was Dachau. And I was like, oh, my God, why would they keep this? But then you see the George Santayana saying those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So we we need to remember our bad things and try to make sure we go in a different direction. That's right. And, you know, part of because here I'm going to go on a little bit of book banning. So things like banning books and, and trying to erase history and saying it didn't exist. I mean. If we say things don't exist, number one, we exploit people twice, and then we 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 remain ignorant to what really happened in life, and we are destined to repeat it. Yes, and that is something that is uh, very upsetting to me at this particular time, being where I am. Uh, but um, but I still feel it's well, funny. <laughs> I love where you live. I lived there a long time. I just would like to sort of extract some of the things where you live out of it. So it would be the beautiful place it was when I was there. Well, trust me. Um, I have a friend who told me one time, I was kind of, I've lived my whole life here. And I was saying, I can't believe it. I'm thinking about leaving. And he said, don't leave. Who will change things back if you leave? That's so, very anyway. true. That is true. So you've also given us some really what I would call sexy and fun characters. I loved Amy and Hunter's interaction. There oh, is there. They love each other. They interact really well with each other and they respect each other. 
was that an intentional thing on your part as an author? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's, uh, that is part of a, a great deal of what I do do now is that even um, the crew of hunters slash blackbird, <laughs> you know, and then what, whatever <laughs> else I'll be going into. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I really do. I'm a big romance uh, lover and I like, I like it when I'm reading a, a thriller, a mystery, a horror story where there's still some love in there mixed in Brilliant. and it feels natural and that's a good thing. Well, I think it's, um, I think it's hard, but there, this is one, one of the good things of having five children is I prey on all their friends, <laughs> you know, and, and between them, <laughs> yeah, between them, I have a U.S. Marshal I can talk to, <laughs> Miami Dade, Metropolitan <laughs> Homicide Detectives, I have a lot of people I get to talk to, and uh, so, when you and your husband set out to have children, did you envision that they would bring characters to you? Uh, no, actually, that wasn't in the plan, but it's worth nice. <laughs> yeah, you just got a nice bonus out of it. I love that. <laughs> so what are you working on now or next? I know that book number four comes out, I believe, in June in this series. What else are you uh, working no, on? No, uh, it comes out. I think I just saw it comes out on April 2nd. I think I was oh, just like, even soon? it's April 2nd. Yeah. And that will be Yay. the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And right now I am working on Blackbird, which is the crew of hunters in Europe. Uh, they're part of the an FBI unique unit. And uh, I've had, oh, I've, and this is something I've, I've got to recommend for your viewers to watch. One of the stories are based on historic killers, killers, okay. contemporary killers who are imitating the past history. One of them is on America's first serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes or Mudgett, Herman Mudgett. And it turns okay. out that a very good friend of mine, I belong to everything, very good friend of mine in the Horror Writers Association is the great-grandson of Herman Mudgett. <laughs> so he didn't get to know this until he was 40. And uh, he's, he's one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet, talented writer. And he actually does, now I can't remember whether it's discovery, biology, or I don't know, look up Jeff Mudgett, M-U-D-G-E-T-T. And he's got a great show on with an ex-CIA agent where they go searching for clues to find out if he was also Jack the Ripper. So very interesting. Oh, I that know. is interesting. I look forward to that. that it's, uh, yeah. Very interesting. Like I said, nice, nice guy. And it pays to have friends in the field. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does indeed. So I have a sort of an oddball question for you. And this is sort of for the other writers as well. Do you remember um, what it felt like when you learned that you had surpassed a million in book sales? <laughs> well, of course, I was incredibly happy. And... Um, just as, again, very grateful because um, we did have five children. And as all parents out there know, those little creatures are very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very grateful as I remain to this day, grateful that I've been privileged to do this for a living. Um, and uh, I'll tell you one that was funny, though, is when my first historical novel came out, it happened to come out at Easter and have a purple cover. And back in those days, we had mall stores and I was walking in the mall with my children and Waldens had decorated their window with it. And I was so stunned 
that I stopped walking and misplaced a child who kept on walking. <laughs> Luckily wound up at uh, Macy's and had somebody page uh, Derek's lost mother. <laughs> <laughs> that is priceless, Heather. Uh, is Derek still in therapy or? He's over there? <laughs> no, thankfully, Derek went on to Pratt, got a master's and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so Derek's doing, Derek's doing quite well. Although every once in a while he does remind me. <laughs> the two children of his own now, he'll, you know, he'll know that you count. Oh, that is absolutely priceless. Oh, Heather, I have so enjoyed this. Do you have a website or social media you'd like to share? <laughs> I do. I'm on uh, Facebook, I think is Heather Graham author. And I'm actually on the others, but I don't really get on that often. And uh, my website is the original heathergram.com because sadly, I am a little bit older than the other Heather Graham. <laughs> so I'm the original Well, I can't speak about her because I haven't interviewed her, but I've interviewed you and I've had such a wonderful time. Well, and guess what? We both really have the name. <laughs> she is. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> and I am Heather Elizabeth Graham. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much for joining thank me. You. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com on Twitter at OutWithDan, and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan. <laughs>